God's Little Brown Church Sermon Series featuring Pastor Andrew Chrysler. Praise the Lord. Okay. Morning, everybody. January 1st, 2023. The start of our 18th year pastoring this church. Praise God. We can hold up the banner and declare, Ebenezer, this far the Lord has been with us. I remember somebody one time, a family member, was um, talking about how there's just... There's just a few people here. He said, that's not a church. Well, that's not your church. I remember another situation. There was a, uh, a dedication for a new building for another church, and the next stayed over. And the, uh, the visiting minister that was there for the dedication said, when I, when I drive down the road, if I see a church and it's just got a few cars, I don't even bother to stop. Because I know there's nothing going on there. And I, I, Deb was devastated by that. But I say this. You cannot hide in a small church. Your presence and your absence are noted. Deb and I went to visit friends in Arizona several years ago. And we went to their church. And there were six services on a Sunday. And the church had bought a closed-down community college. And the uh, auditorium had stadium-style seating. And that's where the service was. And, and some of the other buildings were Sunday school classes. And there was a concession stand out in the middle of the, of the walkway going into the place. And, and I remember... Um, the very, very dark in there, big lit, you know, jumbotron screens for the praise band. And then when the uh, pastor got up to speak, he said something that struck, with, that struck me pretty, pretty powerfully. He said, uh, we, we had sent out, had put out uh, basically notes, uh, comment cards. And somebody had, had made this comment that they were going through a lot and there was nobody around that they were, connect, were connected with that they felt like they could share their problems so they had to do it with this comment card going in to this church that was packed for the service that we were at, had six services on a Sunday and he said, this is somebody that could be sitting next to you right now that feels disconnected great big church people disconnected I'm kind of glad we have a small church may not know everything that's going on with everybody we can sure tell when somebody's not here and you can sure have an opportunity to interact and relate with people I want to talk today about getting sharpened Proverbs 27 17 says as iron sharpens iron so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend and you know they have the uh, the big men's gathering, the iron sharpens iron gathering, um, where 
Men will come together and encourage and strengthen and lift one another up. But also, when you're interacting with your friends, you get a chance to know what's going on with them. You can look them in the eye. You can talk about issues. You can discuss things that are happening. And that is important that we all have that in our lives. People in our lives we can talk to, we can share with, we can hang out with. We can do whatever. I am very, very blessed that I have a loving bride back there. We spend a lot of time together. In fact, it's very unusual, unless, I'm, unless one of us is working and the other one's not, it's very unusual for us to not be together. But praise God for people in our lives that we can interact with, that we can share with, that we can spend time with. Because it's important that we be sharpened, that we be encouraged, that we encourage one another, that we in, in continue to be involved in other people's lives. In Ephesians 4, beginning with verse 11, says, And he himself gave some to, to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should be no longer children, no longer be children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men in cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things unto him who is, who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes the growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Kind of nice, long, well, five, five verses there, a little, little passage, that says we're each important. Each one is important to cause the body to grow. Each one is needed, whether it be an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, works of helps, whatever, whatever ministry happens to be. However, each of us, as we grow together, come together for the work of the ministry, come together for the edifying of the body of Christ, to come together to learn together and to grow together, to get sharpened, sharpening each other, strengthening each other, encouraging each other. That we don't be carried about, carried to and fro by the craftiness of deceitful men, by every wind of doctrine. That we talk about the things of Scripture, that we gather together, that we encourage one another, that we strengthen one another. Very, very important. It's important in all of our lives. Acts 17, beginning with verse 10, says... Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night into Berea. And when they arrived, they went to the synagogues, the synagogue of the Jews. And these were more fair-minded than those of Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Therefore, many of them believed, and also not a few of the Greeks, prominent women as well as the men. So they went and they, they heard the word heard what Paul and Silas said, and they went and they looked it up. Again, important for all of us to discuss the scriptures, to encourage one another, to lift one another up, to call one another out. Um, it was pointed out to me that there's something I've said that 
didn't quite ring right. Um, I've said many times, talking about how Peter on the day of Pentecost is talking to the Jews, and he tells them to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And how when Jesus said, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature, I said, this was because when you're going into all the world, they didn't know anything at all about the Father, Son, or Holy Spirit. And going to the Jews, they knew about the Father and the Spirit, but not the Son. That's what I've said many, many times. And I got called out on it because I wasn't communicating what I thought I was communicating. They know that from Scripture they knew about the Messiah. They just didn't know who the Messiah was. But I'd never worked that out right. I'd never discussed that and, and in a way that it came across. And I realized if somebody who had, knows me well could, misunder, could hear something different than what I thought I was saying, not quite sure what that is. Yeah, there's some tapping going on. Don't know what it is. It's, it's not our, our pet up on the ceiling. So... We have a pet on the ceiling. Yeah, he's back behind you. It's okay. He hasn't moved in the last week. We have a little bat hanging from the ceiling for those of you listening. So what I'm saying is, if, if somebody that knows me well would not hear what I thought I was saying, then somebody who's listening on this t recorder also might understand what I was not understand what I'm saying. It is incumbent upon the person communicating to make sure the message that's received is the message that they think is being sent. Now granted we are we should all listen to understand and not to respond, but that's another that's another topic. So here I am thinking I'm communicating well thinking I'm getting my point across and what was coming out had confusion in it. So, to be very, very clear, the Jews knew about the Son of God. They've been waiting for the Messiah. Some of them are still waiting for a Messiah. They understand about God's Son. They just didn't know who He was. So when Peter stands up on the day of Pentecost... He's not introducing a concept that they've never heard of. He's saying, hey, this is who you're waiting for. And begin to point the, point the finger to Jesus, not, you know, this concept of a son that the Jews didn't know about. So, wanted to clear that up and, and get into that getting sharpened. You know, I mentioned at the start of this, this is the, eight, start, this is the start of the 18th year. This is the 17th anniversary of me taking over as pastor of this church. So it's been a while since somebody's called me out and said, Hey, uh, what's your say? You know, that word you're using, I don't think that word means what you think it means. Reference back to the Princess Bride for those. Okay. Great movie at any rate. So the Bereans studied the scripture. They heard what the preacher said. And they studied to see if what he was saying was what was what was right. And that's important because that all goes back to the Ephesians talking about we are all working together to encourage one another, to exhort one another, but also to, to, to build one another up and strengthen one another. That we not be led, across, led away by every wind of dark doctrine and by the trickery of men. So...
Get that out there. In Romans 12, beginning with verse 1. Passage we're theoretically all familiar with. I like to go back with, I expect that everyone reads their Bible, therefore nothing that I bring from the Bible is a surprise. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that we may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. If we don't read our Bibles, if we don't renew our mind, we're not going to know what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We have to get to know who God is to understand where God is leading us. For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Praise God. There's a lot of people I'd like, never mind. There are people I have told that they shouldn't think more highly of themselves than they ought to. It wasn't always in a spirit of love. But it's something I have to get for myself as well. Not to think of myself more highly than I ought to think. But to think soberly as God has dealt with each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so you being many are one body in Christ, and individual members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Whatever God has gifted us to do, it is for the increasing, the edifying, the strengthening of the body of Christ. Until we all come together into the perfect man, Christ Jesus. Until it's for the work of the ministry. It's for the... uh, uh, Ever had your mind go blank? We just read it back in Ephesians. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of the body of Christ. That's what our giftings are for. To encourage one another and to help us to be lights. To show who God is to the people around us. To encourage one another. We have to, to understand who God is. And the only way we do that is studying the word for ourselves, but also sitting and talking about the Lord. Discussing things. Uh, come, let us reason the scriptures. Jesus told, Jesus told the Pharisees, search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. He's <laughs> like, you better go back and read that again. Another place he said, learn what this means. I would have mercy and not sacrifice. What is the scripture talking about? Um, he has, they've got it on the wall at, uh, at uh, Carl and Priscilla's. Um, is it Micah 6, 8? He has shown thee, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of thee? But to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. To do what's right, to be merciful to others, and walk humbly before God. That's what we're all called to do. But we get sharpened, but we get in, in, uh, encouraged and strengthened by sharing one with another. Verse 9, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate one to one another in brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. 
not lagging in diligence, being fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfast in the in the prayer, in prayer, and distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. We're all called to walk like this. We're all called to encourage one another. We're all called to lift one another up. We're all called to do, use the gifts that God has given us for His purposes. And in Second Peter, begin Second uh, Peter one, beginning with verse five. Peter telling us basically the same thing Paul told us. But for this very reason, giving all diligence, there's that word again, being diligent, add to your faith virtue. Don't just have faith, let it affect, let it percolate through you. Add to your virtue knowledge. How do you get the knowledge? By going back and studying, being like the men of Berea, men and women of Berea. To knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. Now, perseverance is going through. Being that long-suffering. Not just I want patience and I want it now, but going through it, trusting that no matter what comes into my life, it comes through the sovereign hand of an almighty God who loves me. So the things that are, that are coming into my life, I know God knows about it. I can say, Lord, it hurts. I can say, Lord, teach me what I need to know. I can say, Lord, give me your grace. Because your grace is sufficient to continue to walk out whatever it is we're going through. To godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will, ne- you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. These things have to be in us and abound so that we are neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord. Again, it's going through things. Trusting God is at work. Encouraging one another. Walking beside someone else who's going through a hard time. Reaching out. Lifting one another up. And also saying, hey, i got a problem. I need help. Whatever it happens to be. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. That is such a stinging rebuke in there. If you don't have these things, if these things are not in your life, they're an indication that we've laid the, that we've uh, we've gotten short-sighted, even blind, and forgotten. Remember what God has done for you. All through the Old Testament, there's different places where they would set up this uh, a pillar of stones. Uh, they call it a pillar of testimony. This is where God did this. I've talked before and here many times over the years about setting up pillars of testimony in our lives, recalling what God has done. We talked about at the very start of this, declaring Ebenezer, this far the Lord has been with me. Remember what God has brought us through. Remember how God has been faithful. God has continued to show himself mighty on our behalf. Share that with one another. Encourage one another with these words. The Bible tells us, especially as we see the day coming, as we see the turmoil going on around about us, isn't it important to know that God has shown himself faithful every time? Don't we encourage one another by sharing that? Remember what God has done. 
God has worked such wonders in our midst. We have seen people healed. We have seen lives changed. We have seen financial difficulties get straightened out. We've seen a lot of things happen in this church over the years. Um, earlier this summer, we had we had a, some visitors, and his name is Tom, and I can't think of her name at a mo- at the moment. They pastor a church. They were pastoring in St. Simon's Island, Georgia. They're actually on the mainland in Georgia now. He is legally blind. She does all the driving, of course. Um, quite a few years ago, they were in here visiting us one time, and there was uh, a lady in the congregation who was losing her eyesight, and she was she was very worried about it. And we prayed, and he gathered around, and this blind man prayed for her, and her vision was restored. She lives in North Hira. You can look her up. Her vision is restored. We've seen God do things. We have seen healing in this place. There are people we prayed for and they've got better. There's people we prayed for and nothing's happened. God doesn't do everything according to my timing. But we have seen God heal. We have seen God set, take horrible situations and just show himself mighty and show his grace in the middle of it. We can encourage one another with what God has done. So as we face turmoil, as we face issues going on from you know this day forward, remember, this far the Lord has been with us. God hasn't turned his back on us. God is continuing to, to show himself mighty in so many different ways. And we encourage one another and strengthen one another and exhort one another. And we sharpen one another because God is still at work. Verse 10, 2 Peter 5, or 2 Peter 1, verse 10. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if, if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Paul encouraging the church, encouraging the people, or Peter rather, encouraging the people. Paul has already done it. And 2 Timothy 2, beginning with verse 14. Paul, Paul has told Timothy to exhort those around him. And says, remind them of these things, charging them before the Lord not to strive about words of no profit to the ruin of the hearers, but be diligent to present yourself approved of God, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, but shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness. I always like that verse because it shows that vain and profane babblings, if they increase to more ungodliness, being a semantics guy, that tells me vain and profane babblings are ungodly to start with. And it only gets worse. But rather to be diligent and to search the Scriptures and to encourage and to lift one another up. We can discuss things, but not to get, not to get tied up into arguments, not to get tied up into, into you know, things that would bring contention. There's a verse that says, only through pride comes contention. If we're getting contentious with people, or people are getting contentious with us, there's a root cause. But God tells us not to do that. Paul tells 
tells Timothy to remind people not to do that, not to get caught up in that, but study that we might know and understand. Final passage, Proverbs 27, verses 5 and 6. says, Open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed. And faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Not everyone who disagrees with... I I said this, I actually had said it many years ago, I shared it again. Not everyone who disagrees with you hates you. Not everyone who disagrees with you is wrong. Everyone, our understanding is colored by the things that we go through. Therefore, Try to, try to have a perspective, or try to understand where somebody's coming from as you get into discussions. But we are called to encourage one another, to lift one another up, to strengthen one another, to sharpen one another, and to get sharpened ourselves. To spend time not only in God's Word, but spend time discussing God's Word, discussing the great things of God with the people around us. Because the body of Christ needs to be strengthened. We have not yet reached the part that we talked about back in Ephesians. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. There's a whole bunch of unity that is missing in the body of Christ, but we're all called to pursue it. We're all called to work toward it. We're all called to strengthen one another in it, to get sharpened ourselves and to sharpen, sharpen others, as it tells us in Proverbs, that people would see us and recognize that it takes God to knit hearts together like that. There has to be a God. There has to be a God who loves them and who cares about people to bring that, that we might be lights in the midst of the darkness, that we might be salt here in this age and generation where God has called us to be. In this state, in 2023, in beautiful downtown South Alberg, as we're currently at, and wherever we live, North Hero and, and Swanton and South Hero and Isle of the places we go, we are called to be lights. We're called to make a difference and an impact because of what we let God do in me and what, we let God, what you let God do in you. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Father, for the call to, to sharpen one another, to encourage one another, to, to exhort and to lift one another up, that the body of Christ might be strengthened, that we might know more of you, that we might be led by your Spirit, that we might be lights in the midst of the darkness, that as we go around declaring that you have been with us and you are faithful, as we go about encouraging one another in that, in that there is nothing too hard for my God, all of that as we become, as we strengthen one another, as we lift one another up, as we encourage one another, Father. And even, Lord, sometimes as we, as we correct one another, as we, as we discuss the things of, the word, of your word, Father, that it strengthen the body of Christ and that it bring light in the midst of the darkness and it bring a unity that you've called us to walk in. That's been your purpose all along. Father, that we would point the way to you. Your word says that others might see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. Not glorify us, but that it would point, to, point them to you. That they might recognize that you are at work, that you are stirring hearts, and you are making an impact. 
So, Father, we give praise. We thank you, Lord, for what you've already done. Know, know, Father, that you who began the good work are faithful to complete it. We thank you, Father, for what you've already brought us through. Lord, you've never left us alone. You've never deserted us. Even uh, as we face difficult times in our lives, Father, we're never alone. As we sang earlier, the anchor holds, though the ship is... Ta- no, we didn't sing that one. It is well with my soul. When things go bad all around us, when there's despair and there's turmoil, we are not alone. You are still with us. So, Father, we give praise and we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit glbcdt.org.